Hello, Miami. This is 305 Sports Now. I am Will, your host for the number one podcast in all things Miami sports related. And what a wild week and weekend it has been for local sports here, both at the collegiate level and also at the professional level. Everything from controversy ranging into sports and two teams dominating, not named the Miami Dolphins and also the ascending Miami Hurricanes as well. What a fantastic win for the Miami Hurricanes as they go into Pittsburgh, a 10-point underdog, and knock off pretty much the ACC's uh, top team at the moment in the Pitt Panthers, at least at the Coastal Division, because they're not Wake Forest. That is actually crushing everybody right now as well. Pittsburgh came in 17th ranked with the top quarterback in the country, and Mr. Kenny Pickett, who had at the time 24 touchdowns and one interception, not too many people thought the Miami Hurricanes, which his defense has been very suspect this year, not just uh, not just with his tackling, but also just schematically in general, were able to defeat uh, the Pittsburgh Panthers in a pretty much a firefight, like many of us expected, between TVD, Tyler Van Dyke, and Kenny Pickett. Tyler Van Dyke once again impresses, all right? Tyler Van Dyke came into this game and just ignored the hostile crowd and just dominated the pit defense, which is usually pretty tough to carve up like Swiss cheese. All right, TBD came in with 32, um, had 32, uh, 32 catches, 42 attempts, 426 yards uh, passing, 10 yards per, uh, per catch from his receivers, three touchdowns, one interception. Well, the one interception pretty much because everybody on that team just fell down at the moment, like you heard in the broadcast. By the way, I want to thank the ACC Network for providing that that footage, that audio that you heard at the beginning of uh, this broadcast in particular. But let's not sell this team short, all right? The Pittsburgh Panthers, I mean, they came back. They were down 21-7, and and they were down 31-17, right, at the end of the first two quarters and pretty much gave the Canes a bit of a fight towards uh, towards the end of the game. Kenny Pickett did not disappoint, though. Uh, he had 519 yards passing. That is a record against the Miami Hurricanes. That is a school record against an opponent by a Pittsburgh Panther quarterback. Yes, even better than the great Dan Marino. All right, three touchdowns, but this was the key number. Two picks, all right? This guy had not thrown, had only thrown one interception the entire season. He comes in, plays the Canes, and pretty much faces our young, our young DBs and gets burned, all right? James Williams and Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, adding interceptions apiece for both of them. And once again, it was the Rooster Show, okay, as Jalen Knighton had 17 carries, 80 yards rushing. That's better than any single running back uh, on the Pittsburgh, on, on Pittsburgh's roster. 17 yards, uh, I'm sorry, 17 carries for 80 yards, averaging nearly five yards, a pop, and two touchdowns, you know, on the ground. He just flat out, once again, electrified as well as the Rooster. The Rooster has really given a spark to this offense, and so has TVD. I mean, Rhett Lashley, who in, uh, was much maligned early on in this year because of his conservative play calling and the fact of, and the fact the team wasn't executing correctly, him and TVD are like a match made in heaven because TVD has really picked up this offense and has been a very dominant quarterback. TVD has put up 30 points in every single – at least 30 points in every single start since, uh, since he took over for the injured De'Ara King. All right, but let's not forget also the receiving core, Charleston Rambo, who had some – he drops in his game, including one that could have put the game away for the Canes. Could have uh, the game-winning touchdown, pretty much, or the game-sealing touchdown, to be exact. However, seven catches for 101 yards receiving, 14 uh, yards per carry. And then, of course, Xavier Restrepo, who I've been saying is a dark horse in this receiving lineup. 
seven catches, 89 yards, averaging 12 yards uh, per catch. And then, of course, once again, Keyshawn Smith, okay, three catches, 82 with one touchdown. And Will Mallory gets into the game again, three catches, 66 with one touchdown. And Elijah Arroyo gets gets one catch, 20 yards, and it was a key, it was a key one because, again, it was a touchdown. So TVD finished this game with three touchdowns, almost had another four touchdown performance, but there was a drop there by Charleston Rambo and a flea flicker, or at least a trick play in the, in the fourth quarter that, again, would have sealed this game. All right, Kenny Pickett, though, three touchdowns himself with two picks. Uh, uh, great showing, once again, 519 yards, not a slouch, but did throw the ball 55 times, all right? This, def- this Hurricanes defense that was uh, that was being carved up by the running game by other teams only gave up 68 yards on the ground. The highest, uh, the highest was Vincent Davis with six carries and 45 yards, and that all came on one run with 26 yards. So the Miami Hurricanes uh, defense in terms of the running game has improved, right? The last couple of games, right? Miami's defense is now setting the edges better. That defensive, that the if um, the interior defense has always been pretty good, even at the beginning of this year, all right? As you had Leonard Taylor, and you also have Nessus Vera, who did not play in this game, by the way. Uh, but, but of course, Leonard Taylor made the best uh, out of what the opportunities that he had as a cane going in. Leading the team in tackles for the Canes was James Williams with nine total tackles, six solo as well. And, of course, Marcus Clark as well, six total tackles, five solo as well. They did, get to, they did pressure Kenny Pickett, though. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett is just uh, is pretty good at escaping, uh, escaping trouble. There should have been at least seven sacks in this game, but the Canes did get to the Heisman Trophy candidate four times and dropped them you know, pretty well. And But, of course, uh, the offensive line, Although protected uh, Tyler Van Dyke for the most part, they gave up three sacks in this game uh, as well. All right, so we got to look at this game for what it is. The Miami Hurricanes at the moment are ascending. This is not a fluke. All right, the Canes are four and four. They should actually be six and two and four and zero oh in the conference. But woulda, coulda, shoulda, shoulda made that kick and should have not had those that last interception and should not have had those unsportsmanlike conducts in the UNC game. All right, but the Canes are ascending. I said, you got to give this guy time. The problem with Manny Diaz is that he has not won a really, really, really big game. All right, but he did win two football games with his back up against the wall. And, and this one was in a very hostile environment against a team that was flat out steamrolling people, especially through the air. Pittsburgh had defeated Clemson, okay, as well. They were undefeated in the conference, and they're expected to take on Wake Forest in the ACC championship game. But Miami may have thrown a wrench in that plan because if Pitt has one more uh one more loss in the conference and the Canes could run the table which they certainly can they can they could actually uh win the coastal because they'll have the tiebreaker against Pitt and probably face off against what it seems to be it's going to be the Wake Forest Demon Deacons for the ACC championship right and Wake Forest is ranked 10th in the country they're playing really really good football on their side of the coast um at the Atlantic and they are just uh and they are just dominating as well is Wake Forest and you know, the coaches have, and the AP has not ignored it because they are now in a top 10 ranking. All right, but you can't ignore the Canes either. Miami right now, although the defense um, gave up 519 yards through the air, the defense made some time and place, and tackling has gotten better, all right? The Miami Hurricanes, which were really poor at tackling this time around, not only were they laying big hits, they were wrapping up, and they were also gang tackling against the Pitt Panthers on many occasions in this game. Again, you know, we play a lot of man, we blitz a lot, so it leaves a lot of our young guys up in an island. And Kenny Pickett was able to deliver the football very well on several occasions. But there will be groin pains with this football team, all right, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it looks like. 
The offense right now is humming. And anybody online or anywhere that says, well, it's because of Jalen Knighton that this team, listen, like I, like I said last week, to make to say that the reason why we're good right now is because of Jalen Knighton is, although, it, although there's some truth to that, is really stupid because that's why you recruit, right? Nick Saban is not just going to recruit pieces of garbage, get one stud, one five-star, and run his team that way. No, he's going to get as many quality players as he can to build his football team whatnot uh for years to come using depth and so on all right uh so that's what happened okay the dolphin i'm sorry the hurricanes at the moment they have running back depth they have cam cam harris out for the year don cheney's out for the year but cody brown you know is a very big back a stud football player j9 is just a freaking nature right the guy is electric give that kid a hole he's gone there's no stopping him he's he literally has you know nfl type speed as well and then you got thaddeus franklin who has some speed and also some power waiting in the wings as well so this the running back core for the Miami Hurricanes is one of the best in the ACC, bar none. Uh, it, it can't be disputed just, just from the results we're seeing on the field. And TBD is, uh, at the moment, has they uh, have a lot of NFL potential, okay? It's not clear-cut that Jake Garcia might be the starting quarterback next year, okay? I think TBD's making a statement this year that he's going to be the next quarterback of the Canes probably next year and maybe the following year if he, if he does not decide to go pro because he will have this opportunity. But I am proud uh, of this football team. I will say that. I mean, this football team, the, the Miami Hurricanes in general, the Miami Hurricanes in general, they're playing really, really good football at, at the moment. They have not quit on their coach right, at all. While people were saying that they're quitting on Manny Diaz, they have not quit on their coach. They love Manny Diaz. They think that he is – the first of all, they came here because of him because he recruited them, especially many of these young guys like Kitchens, Couch, um, James Williams and so on. He recruited them aside also from his fantastic coaching staff that uh, is also laid up with good recruiters like, uh, like Tavares Robinson and Rhett Lashley as well. You know, so, so this is a team that I'm enjoying right now watching. All right. I'm enjoying talking about them because even though they, they're not perfect and they have struggled this year and there's been some bumps in the road, they're fun. They're fun to watch. You can see the talent starting to manifest itself. You can see the improvement now that's, that's occurring game to game, all right? Uh, the veterans that are still playing are still playing very hard, like Zach McLeod had three tackles yesterday, and he had about a sack and a half in particular who was being criticized for why he's even at defensive end. Well, he's got to have a couple games where he sacked quarterback a bit, all right? So the sky's the limit for this team. They have, a, they have not yet reached the ceiling of their potential, all right? And they could, if not this year, throughout the rest of the season, Next year, they could definitely make some noise with this young receiving core, this young tailback, uh, that's young ta- a group of tailbacks, and not only that, this uh, this quarterback that that <coughs> sorry, if he continues to play that he's playing, he could also become a Heisman Trophy candidate. I'm saying it right here. TVD, the one thing about TVD is that he's a pure pocket passer. He looks like an NFL quarterback because he's a pro style quarterback, and not only that, and not only that. He's got one hell of a cannon, all right? That kid can, can drop a bomb into anyone's hands, and he's accurate. He's deadly accurate, and that's what makes him dangerous, all right? So anybody who's scouting this kid, if you give him time and, and a receiver is able to get open, he's going to get that receiver. He's going to put it right in her chest or right in her hands or over the top, over the DB, and drop it in that lap, all right? Right, between the, right, right in that bread basket. And the bottom line is this team in general is going to dominate. If they could get work out the kinks on defense, and I think they can, right, in particular, whether it's Manny Diaz, you know, continuing to remain as the D.C. of the team or getting somebody else that fits that scheme, 
I don't know. I think Diaz is going to continue to coach the defense even next year because I don't think he's going anywhere, guys. The way this team is playing, I think they will run the table. May have a close game or two, you know, especially maybe against Florida State. But they, I do believe they can run the table and possibly win their bowl game this time around. And guess what? Diaz will be back next year, and I expect this team to be better. We will see results because these guys will be a little bit uh, – they'll, they'll be a year older. They'll understand the college game a bit more. They'll know what's expected of them, and it's time to dominate. All right, it's time to dominate that Coastal. Okay, it's time to dominate that Coastal. It's, it's, it's about time that you get back. Okay? And with this offense that now Rhett Lashley's running, that is working under, the, under the, the stewardship of Tyler Van Dyke, this team has a lot of potential. All right. I'm very optimistic uh, about my Canes. I'm just an optimistic person in general. But look at that score, 38-34 against a top team, hostile environment. This team's there's some juice to this team, and I think they could keep it up. Okay. You know, so that's something that I'm that uh that's all I have to say about the Canes. Next week they face Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech right now, in terms of the conference, is not as good as Pitt. They got uh Georgia Tech at home, but let's uh let's not forget a couple of years ago they did upset the Hurricanes at home. Okay, that's when Dan Enos was running our offense. Again, another early start. It will be at 12:30. Okay, let's look a little bit at the stats for Jaw Tech. Jaw Tech is three and five, two and four in the conference in particular. It is a very winnable game. All right. Jeff Collins does have them playing a bit better than they did with Paul Johnson. They are, I believe they're still in transition from being a triple option type offense to being a more to being a more like basically collegiate spread offense that that uh, that college football is doing today, but let's keep this in mind. Right, let's keep this in mind. Anybody can be anybody any given Saturday. The Canes were a 10-point underdog against Pitt, right? So we cannot take Georgia Tech lightly, right? So I don't think they will. I think Miami's going to go out there, put the put the put the foot up to the pedal, and they're going to run over Georgia Tech, and they're going to make sure they make an example out of Georgia Tech that not every game is a heart attack for this team. Okay, so let's uh, let's put things in perspective. Let's go Canes. Let's be proud of this team. Let's cheer these kids on. Let's not be negative, okay? There's still negativity out there in the online world. There's no need to be negative. This football team is fun to watch, and they seem to be turning a corner. Let's turn that corner with them, okay? Let's take the bumps with them, right? Let's, let's, get, uh, let's get on. Uh, let's support Coach Diaz. Let's support the staff. They're trying, and they're not afraid to make changes. Okay, some coaching staffs are very stubborn. That's why they get fired. The reason why I believe Diaz deserves another chance and another year is because he's not afraid to make a change to make his team better, right? We've seen it, All right? He's proved it this year. Yes, I know some people online have said, well, we should have started TVD from the beginning. Derek King wasn't ready, but, you know, Derek King had a good season last year. It's tough to ignore. Uh, supposedly, he looked good in practice. He looked good in the spring game. He deserved a shot. You know, he got hurt again. We see TVD. We see what TVD is doing. We ride with TVD, all right? I believe I forgot to mention uh, when I started this broadcast, we are loaded because we're not just talking canes, which I've just spent a good amount of time on. Good, good amount of time on. We're talking dolphins, okay? And I also got to cover the Miami Heat and also the Florida Panthers as well, which is another story. Um, I do not have time to cover the Heat and and uh, and the Panthers this particular broadcast. However, we will have a special 305 Sports now on Tuesday. At the same time, that's usually we have a Monday at three with part two of this podcast. All right. So today's part one in which I cover the Dolphins and I cover the, I cover the Dolphins and the Canes. Tuesday, you get the rest. OK, you get the Miami Heat. All right. And you also get the Florida Panthers as well for part two of this podcast for the week in Miami sports in general. All right. 
Now let's talk Dolphins. I'll be very honest with you. One of the main reasons why I did not um, have a montage for the fans is because I flat out didn't want to. I am tired of this team right now. Okay. Earlier on, early on in the year, early on when I started this program, I said that I had more faith in the Miami Dolphins than I did in the Miami Hurricanes. That opinion has totally flipped and I have no issues being wrong. I have, I have more faith now in the Canes than I do in the Dolphins. I have no confidence in this front office. I have no confidence right now in this coaching staff. This team is horrible. All right. And it's interesting because they do have some talent. They, they held the Bills to three points in the first half. And that's not easy to do with a quarterback the caliber of Josh Allen. Who, by the way, in the second half, just torched Miami. All right. What happened in the second half is that the Dolphins made no adjustments, which in the back of my mind, I have a feeling that they're not going to make any adjustments on defense. They look like they didn't because Josh Allen just tore them up. Whatever happened in that locker room, uh, whatever coach said to – to Josh, whatever he said to his team, they just came out there and they just blasted Miami, right? Especially in the fourth quarter, scoring 16 points and putting that game away. The Miami Dolphin offense, even though I'm not going to put all the blame on Tua today uh, in particular, even though I do think he deserves some of the blame uh, because of some mistakes, um, the Dolphin offense is just horrendous, all right? The only bright spot today, well, two bright spots, I will say, is Devontae Parker with eight catches and 85 yards. And Gusecki, once again, with three catches for 48 yards, all right, including a long of 40 yards. Okay, he had a huge one that uh, Tua just dropped in his bread basket. Tua does show, you know, some signs of going through, through his progressions, you know, so I have to give Tua that credit. And that interception he threw today, I mean, it was third and 26. The Dolphins were down. He pushed that ball down the field. He's trying to get his team back into the game. I can't blame him for that pick. All right, I won't lie. I can't, I cannot blame him for that interception. I won't blame him for that interception in general, but the team in general, the office just sucks. And in some cases, he did look like he was lost in that play where they turned the ball over, where they could have put points on the board at the end of the first, uh, the first half. It looked like Mike Gusecki was calling the offense, All right? He was trying to get Jalen Waddle uh, to line up in position. I believe it was Jalen Waddle uh, to line up in position. So Gusecki gets hit with a snap. The ball gets loose. The Bills recover. All right. Even if there was confusion, that is Tua's job to pretty much set the offense. He is pretty much the coach on the field being the quarterback. He is the field general. All right, of the offense, okay, not the tight end. Although Gasecki might understand the offense, he is not the one that could call an audible. It is the quarterback, all right. And Tua Tagovailoa in that sequence was horrendous. That that play was an all-out disaster. But once again, what is with this coaching staff? Again, they have basically a three-headed monster as OCs. Whether Charlie Fry calls plays or not, I don't know what's going on, but I hate it. I I just detest it. Dolphin fans hate it. It doesn't make any sense. It's the stupidest thing that I've ever come up with. And it's showing on the football field. Last year was 68-year-old Jan Gailey. We looked a lot better, both with Tua on the field and with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay? And, I, and again, I still, I, it still befuddles me why we fired Chad O'Shea. I, I really don't understand why he was even fired. When the Dolphins were making improvements, the offense was part of that improvement. And O'Shea, O'Shea was fired. Because they said it was too complicated a playbook. I, 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 can't, I can't understand that. Okay, these guys are professionals. It's not a complicated playbook. It was basically the New England offense, you know, painted over with a, with a Dolphin logo. I mean, it's pretty much what O'Shea ran. And he was fired. All right? And what do I see? I see Josh Allen in the second half kick butt. And who was his quarterback coach? Ken Dorsey. Yeah, and Ken Dorsey 
should have been our OC. All right, there's rumors he's going to be the OC. Started following some Dolphin players on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, or Twitter. Like he thought he was going to get hired or at least get an interview. Lo and behold, <coughs> he doesn't get that interview. We get three-headed monster. Three-headed crap. Three-headed disaster. Okay? Listen, I'm going to be very honest with you. They, they got to fire Chris Greer because you know who's laughing right now? Philly. They're laughing right now because they have a wide receiver who's having a pretty decent season, Devontae Smith. And they're probably going to have, the way this is going, the second pick of the NFL draft next year. And they're going to get another good player. So Philadelphia, with less draft picks, will probably rebuild their team and become a playoff team before the Dolphins, who stacked up on picks. And can, can barely hit on any. They've hit on some, right? I, I, I do like Jalen Waddle. okay? I do think he's a good pick. All right, I do like Kasaki. I think he's a good pick as well. You know, I, I like Javon Holland. I like, I like what he's brought to the team. All right, I don't think he's a bad pick. But again, Chris Greer never addressed the running game. All right, the Dolphins rushed for a total of 68 yards today. All right, the offensive line is still a bit tattered, you know, in particular. They've protected Tua a little bit better. The protection today was better. Tua only got, only got sacked twice uh, in this game. Uh, although Josh Allen got sacked no times, even though they tried bringing him down a few times, he wasn't really sacked during this game. But nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, the offensive line is still a bit of a problem. You know, they've had some untimely penalties as well. I don't think the, the referees helped out the fans in this game either. I saw a lot of holding that wasn't being called. And that uh, lack of pass interference, when I believe it was Micah Hyde, if I'm not mistaken, rode the back of Mike Isecki, and the referee flat out didn't call that call that a pass interference that's beyond me unless on that 40 40 yard catch when Gasecki did kind of extend his arm the referees just gave him like a just give him a wink of the eye and said listen we 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 messed up on this one we're giving you this one and it's a 40 yard gain I think we're even so that could have been it as well but the bottom line is that that should have been a pass interference um you know from the very beginning I don't understand why the refs missed that so I do believe the, the the officiating wasn't wasn't that good today you know in particular but nonetheless the Dolphins just got creamed in the second half. Cole Beasley flat out balled. Okay, Cole Beasley did not get in the end zone, but he had a Wes Walker kind of a day with, with 10 catches, 110 yards, you know, 11 per, uh, per reception, right? And Stephon Diggs, five catches and a touchdown, you know, in this game. And the Buffalo Bills, you know, had a, had a combined for about 102 yards rushing. Josh Allen led the way with 55 yards on the ground, averaging only seven yards a carry, and he himself got in the end zone. And had a lot to say to the Dolphin players, too. You can see the frustration on both sides, especially in Miami. Miami's not beaten Buffalo in seven games, and it took them uh, all the way to the third quarter. And like it was like 130 players or something like that to score a touchdown finally on Buffalo. I mean, it's it Buffalo has been a nightmare for the Finns, uh, especially since uh, the time being that Brian Flores took over. He's 0-6 against Buffalo, which is a horrible record. He's beaten everybody in the AFC East with the exception of the Buffalo Bills, and that's something that uh, that that troubles um that troubles uh. Uh, this football team in particular. All right, Buffalo had one turnover, okay? And uh, actually, I'm sorry, forgive me. Buffalo had no turnovers, okay? And uh, the Dolphins had uh, Dolphins had one, uh, two turnovers in this game, one pick and one fumble as well. All right, as far as sacks go, like I said, they never got to the quarterback, but the Bills did twice, all right? Um, I, I, and I, look, Buffalo's going to win the AFC East, and shockingly enough, the Pages are going to finish second. That was when I was working, when I was doing the, Centerfield with Alex, we discussed that, and we said that the sleeper for the second seed would be the New England Patriots, and it's probably going to be the Patriots as the second seed. I don't see anybody passing Buffalo. Right? Buffalo is going to 
is going to own that first seed for the AFC East. Okay. And that's just it. Buffalo is a much better team than we are. And I still believe Tua needs some time. Right. Again, they mentioned it once again, the whole Deshaun Watson thing. And again, one thing I don't like about Chris Greer, he's left Brian Flores hanging and answering all the questions about, uh, about Deshaun. And, uh, and that, again, him being the head coach that puts him in a weird position because he's got a coach's team and he's got a, he's got a show too, that that's his guy. And he's said several times, this is the guy, this is the guy for the year. He might be the guy for the year because when Deshaun, if Deshaun Watson does get traded to the fans, he can't play. Like I said, what are you going to do? Play backyard football for the whole year? You need to learn a playbook. All right. You have to have, uh, you have to have, you know, mini camp and stuff like that. You have to have a preseason. Guy hasn't played. And on top of that, he might even get arrested, even though supposedly there's nothing so far and they may settle out, uh, um, settle out of court and so on between him and the 22 women that he, that he, you know, he felt up, allegedly felt up you know, in particular, but nonetheless, you know, he's going to get suspended next year. What, we lose him for four or five games? So Jacoby Brissett, you know, for another half a season? I mean, what are the Dolphins thinking? You gave Ryan Tannehill seven freaking years. Can't even give two or three or four even. This is two a second year. You've been trading this guy since you drafted him. That's the way it feels, okay? You've been trading this guy. You've had no – for that, you just should have drafted Herbert. I mean, really, you knew Tua had, uh, had a, a major injury in college, yet you still took a chance because he was the sexy pick, right? And the whole Pac-12 system, many quarterbacks in the Pac-12 don't pan out in the NFL, and Rodgers being, you know, anomaly, being a freak of nature as well, even at his age. But for that, you should have just drafted Herbert. You're, you're treating this guy like crap, right? He doesn't deserve it, right? I mean, he works hard, and you can see it on the field. And he's trying his best to block everything out. He had two solid games prior to this one. I mean, Tua deserves better. Actually, it's so funny. The announcers on CBS, Tua at the moment with the same amount of starts as Josh Allen, numerically is better and in terms of touchdown to interception ratio. Go figure. Give the kids some time. Give them, some, give them an OC. And OC. Singular, not plural. One guy with one vision not 5,000 people, okay? And let's see what he does. Deshaun Watson should not be a Miami Dolphin, okay? Deshaun Watson should not be traded to the Finns, and, and that's the bottom line, okay? That's the bottom line. I, I really, really do hope that the Miami Dolphins could wake up, get their act together, but Deshaun Watson cannot, cannot be on this football team, nor this year, nor next year. I know he's a top-five quarterback, I know he's a franchise changer, but all you have to give up, listen, like I said earlier in the week, he threw for 33 touchdowns, nearly 5,000 yards. And what did I give Houston? Four games. Just four. Okay. Just four. He may give the Dolphins, if they finish, let's say, five and 12, maybe seven. May give seven games. But with this offensive line, with this receiving core that can't stay on the field, Will Fuller, Will Fuller again, missing in action. It was great to see Devontae, you know, come out there and play. But you never know with, the, with Devontae. He plays one week. The next week he doesn't. He plays two games. Then he misses three. You never know. It's, it's, it's not a consistent team uh, uh, in terms of cohesiveness. So bottom line is keep Tua, build around him, and, and draft players that are reliable, not injury prone, not with injury history. You know, draft players that, are, that, that have been consistent in college, have been healthy throughout college. That way they can be healthy when you start them or play them. 
and then they're not giving excuses and basically stealing a check from you uh, during the season because, oh, man, I, I hurt my pinky toe. All right, I hurt my pinky. I'm out. None of that stuff, okay? You're paying Wolf Fuller $10 million to stay home. Think about it. $10 million. Suspended, then personal issues, now a broken finger. And supposedly he could play. That's what I've heard, okay, from the media uh, and whatnot. But, nah, I, I don't know. This team's a disaster. They sort of look more and more like the Jets every single week. All right, so go Canes, go Dolphins. But, my God, I, 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 I can't deal with the front office of the Dolphins. I really can't. I really can't. Okay, so, folks, like I mentioned, uh, like I just, like I mentioned earlier, um, I am going to – this is a two-parter because, like I said, we're just loaded with so many things, and I also want to cover – more in depth what happened with Coach Joe Quenville and the Florida Panthers in part two of this podcast. All right. So for me, I am Will. Okay. If you like what you heard, uh, please, uh, please uh, download up at anchor.fm, uh, Spotify, Google, wherever I get your podcast. All right. Or you can leave a donation on anchor.fm. All right. So once again, please stay tuned for Tuesday at 3 p.m. for part two of this podcast where I'll be co- or recovering the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers. Once again, I am Will for Miami Sports Now. Stay safe and God bless. See you soon.